Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Oh, hello everybody. How's everybody doing today? Hope you said well. At least uh, the big thing today is I'm out of YouTube jail, so uh, my subscribers on YouTube, the subscribe, my subscribers on YouTube, can actually see the show um, live now without having to go through Facebook, which is okay. You know, Facebook's cool. I'm not nothing wrong with Facebook. Anyway, I want to welcome you all to the show, and my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour, along with our guest Karen Clark, who's joining us shortly. Let me. Uh, Click this off so that doesn't do weird things. Okay. I'm also the owner of the, uh, let me move this over here. I was trying to get everything settled where I want it. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of really sunny Sacramento. Uh, we're 45 strong up and down the state of California, which means if you have a paranormal need, we can get to you. And in most cases, uh, if we can't get to you, because California is a huge state and it's got, you know, we've got deserts, we've got lots of farmland, we've got all this other stuff going on. Uh, if we can't get you right away, we have uh, psychics on staff who can call you and talk to you about what may or may not be going on in your home. And in most cases, they can calm the energy down until we get out there. And, you know, it's, it's not like you're going to wait a week for it to see us. We'll, we'll get out there within one or two days. But uh, there are times when it takes us a little extra time. I want to make a quick announcement today. I'm going to be teaching a psychic development class on Saturday, August 5th at uh, 6 p.m. Pacific. And it's a basic psychic development class. It's a level one where you uh, see if you might have psychic powers, and and, you, and and we work on stuff to increase those powers, and then I teach you how to open and close that uh, ethereal door. So I'm going to be teaching that, because uh, once you open that door, anything and everything will come through. And if you don't know how to close it right away, it happens, right? Okay. Anyway, we are live tonight from Facebook. We are live tonight from Twix. Uh, I almost said Twix. Oh my gosh, uh, we're live tonight from Facebook, uh, we're live tonight from Twitch, we are live tonight from YouTube, finally, for the first time in seven days. So I'm glad everybody's here. Uh, if you want to find the team, you can find us on Facebook under California Haunts. You can find me on Instagram under Ghosty Gal, it's all lowercase. You can, uh, you can find me, on, you can find us on Twitter under California Haunts. You can find us on, um, and, I'm just tired, tired, long day, I'll explain why. You can find us over on TikTok under California Haunts, and you can find us at uh, Twitch at Cal, under Cal Haunts. So welcome, everybody. Um, it's going to be an interesting show because uh, we're going to be talking about grief with Karen Clark. I also want to do an update because I have, you know, these monthly updates on what's going on with the, oh, oh, you know, the opioid thing. And uh, it's been a long day. I didn't nap today. You got a nap when you get old. And... Uh, it's getting interesting. It's just getting real touching and getting interesting. Uh, today, let me see. I'm going to see if Karen's supposed to come in. She promised she'd be on camera today. So that's going to be kind of cool. So I'm just waiting to see. Hang on, i got to send her the link again. She had the link and she lost it. Give me one second. Give me one second to get this link over to her. That's just funny. So let me get this link. Anyway, it was an interesting day. Well, what was supposed to be a day? Because my appointments all got moved around, and 
I was supposed to go at 11 today, ended up going at 9.30 this morning, so I was able to get done early with my appointment, and the appointment went pretty good. I mean, you know, I didn't have any any words with anybody this time, like I normally do, so I, got, I had a good feeling about the day, and then uh, came home and was getting ready to, oh, there she is, there she is, there she is, and was getting ready to, well, let's bring Karen in, I'll finish my story, so let's go, so she's here. Hi, Charlotte. Hey, what up? I got to, I got <laughs> to read Justice a little bit. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Okay. You'll have, you'll, you'll have to turn you'll me down, down a little bit. I can hear you. <laughs> I can hear me. I can hear you fine. Yeah, we're getting an, we're getting an echo. Okay, everything's off. The AC's off. Michael's in the other room. He says he won't bother me. Okay. okay. <laughs> Just the... Um, it's, it's picking it's up picking my voice over there, so I can hear it through here. We're hearing it from this side. Oh, you can't hear me at all? No, I can hear you, but I can also hear me, like coming through your, your speaker. Oh, what do I do? I don't know. You can turn me down. Turn me down. Okay. I'll turn it down. Hold on one second. Turn me down a little bit. Okay, hold on. Is that better? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good. You can still hear me, but not. Okay, hold on. Jeez, it's so hot today. Yes, it is. Okay. So what I was saying is that um, I, I did my appointment, my, my, my usual pain appointment, and uh, got in there early. They ran a little late. I, I was so tired this morning, I fell asleep waiting for the doctor to come in. So that all went and I'm on the way home, just because for pain patients, what they generally do is, is they'll send your prescription in and then they'll send you a little notice of that they did it, you know, so you can approve it. So I got it approved, everything was fine. Sat down about 20 minutes later, I get, an, I get a text message from my pharmacy telling me that they don't have the meds, that they're back ordered, and they don't know when they're going to get them. So I said, well, what, you know, what am I supposed to do? And it was, well, your doctor either hooks you up with a place to, to get them or, um, you know, or you could call around and find them. The problem that people don't realize is, uh, is, is, uh, is I have Medi-Cal and it, it works like your job, you know, whether you're working or not, it works like your job. So like, you don't like, like when you sign up for coverage at work, you've got like choices. Sometimes they'll give you Kaiser, Blue Shield, Blue Cross, and you can choose what you want to do. Medi-Cal works the same way. But the problem is, I got, I got what they call the, uh, the previous stuff wrong with me with my heart. So not everybody wants me. So I'm on a particular thing. I'm not. Let's just say I'm not on the big three. Okay. So it makes it, it makes it hard because pharmacies. Don't, don't take, take the coverage I have, not all of them. So it's a big search thing. Like when uh, they switched the Medi-Cal last year around, and I had been with Costco for like five, six, seven years to get my pills, I had to switch back, I had to switch to CVS. Anyway, so that complicated things. Oh dear. So I'm calling around, I ended up spending like, like three hours calling around. Finally got a hold of someone, I'm not gonna say who because they're inundated it right now, this place. And it's only going to get worse. 
Because it's not it's just not me, just it's not getting the meds. Okay? It's like a, a CVS, CVS put it, it's such it's a back order that, that they don't even know when they're going to get them. Yeah. And so I finally get a hold of this place, and I said, well, you know, do you have it? They don't want to tell you that they have them because by law they can't. And so I finally, I finally convinced the gal, and I said, I've got congestive heart failure. If I go through withdrawals, it's not going to end well. And so she finally said, okay, how many do you need what you need? So I told her, she goes, okay, yeah, we can do that. So this is after waiting 20 minutes to even get in on a phone call. I mean, that's how packed they are because this is happening everywhere. So I waited until like 4 or 5 in the afternoon and, and finally called over there. And they said, yeah, we got to come get them. I don't trust anybody, right? Because I thought about going tomorrow, but I thought, no, I want to know tonight whether I'm going to get them or not. Because I can walk in there and they go, oh, yeah, your coverage just isn't what it's supposed to be. You know, so I went and picked them up. Let me stop yeah. you for a minute. Are we on the air? Yes. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if we were on Yeah, we're fine. <laughs> okay. All right. Go ahead. So, yeah, so I went in and got them tonight. Because I wanted to find out, you know, I wanted to know. I didn't want to spend the night, maybe take my last two pills and then I couldn't cut them in half or whatever to figure things out tomorrow. So I finally got them. So I, I told the guys over there that I felt sorry for them because there were like 20 people in line. Wow. Because That's I think not uncommon. Yeah, but I think they're one of the only games in town that have, that have this medication. Mm-hmm. Because the way they put it to me was that they are rationing it out. They are rationing it out. Mm-hmm. Which is why I lucked out, out because I don't take a big amount, you know, so I was able to remember some out. But the whole point of all this is, you guys, that are listening, is that it's not so much the CDC, it's not the doctors, it's the, uh, it's the DEA that did this. Every year for the last five, ten years, they have cut production back on these pills. And this year they did it again. And according yeah, you've to them, done a lot more research than I have, so yeah, you, you know. And according to what the, the reason is, is that there's enough pills out there for the patients that need them. But where are they? So there's a major shortage in Sacramento. And I knew like two or three months ago that the lower dosage of my pill was gone. Nobody was able to get them. But now it's at the higher doses. So who knows what's going to happen? But that was my experience today. So, I mean, it's not like anything horrible, horrible happened. You know, like an argument with the doctors. I did not argue. You know, it was just, it went rather smoothly. And I can understand the pharmacist, so I'm not upset with the pharmacy. But, I mean, you're, scra- you're left scrambling trying to find the stuff. It's really it definitely hard. has to be managed yeah. much better. Yeah. 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 So something's got to be done to stop this kind of thing, you know, because, I mean, again, they're looking at the wrong people for this stuff. The, 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 the people that are being hurt by it are, are, are the older, are the senior citizens and the people that really need it. Not Stage the people four that... cancer patients. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. But today was crazy. I mean, I yeah, may not well, even have gotten It's you know? an ongoing process, that's for sure, Charlotte. That's for sure. Anyway, I just want to quickly update everybody on that. That's where that was at, and uh, like I said, I'm going to be doing some things to be proactive for next month, just in case. You know, I'll probably I'll probably hold one pill back or something, you know, a day for a while until I can have a few stacked up in case this happens again, so I'll have, you know, some available. So, it's crazy, it's crazy. Anyway, our topic tonight, we're going to talk about grief. 
And uh, grief is a hard thing to deal with. It is. I mean, so everybody deals with grief in different ways. And I know when my mother, when my dad died, my mother and I were so exhausted from taking care of him that it was more of a relief thing with us. So we both were here to go through it, you know? When my mother died, I just threw myself into, into work and into the show. And that's why I talked with it. So I still sometimes in the evening, sometimes when I'm here alone, that I think about her and I'll cry sometimes. It's been like three years now, you know? What's your view on grief? Well, first I have to start off because um, I still have my license. I'm a licensed nurse. Mm -hmm. And working in the medical profession, um, I have to state we're not doctors. We're not psychiatrists, psychologists. We're just strictly speaking. We have to give our little disclaimers. We're speaking on our personal experiences, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Grief is well you know there's the four stages of grief but we can get into that a little bit later but um it's something that no animal humankind's immune to grief is just something that every human being goes through at one time or another in their life we right we lose people um we get divorces we lose jobs um our cars break down that might be more of an annoyance but what happened um, with me quickly, um, because I think this show is more based on the healing power of grief, meaning, oh gosh, hold on, the AC just went on and I told him to keep it off so I could hear better. Anyways, um, the healing power of grief, the healing power of managing grief and loss is uh, something that you have to work out every day, something that I had to work out every day to get to the point where I am now, and I'm clearly not there, but I'm definitely at a place where I'm a lot happier than where I was. And I think what happens is a lot of, some people go through compounded grief. And what that means is that a lot of things happen at once. And I know a lot of our, my family, my friends know what happened to me, but quickly I lost uh, my uh, 40-year-old sister to suicide in a very bad way, and I lost a cousin a week before that, and um, and then I was diagnosed with a, they thought, a terminal disease mm-hmm. within the next month. So it was like all this compounded grief. Oh, and we just lost Michael's mom shortly before that too so it was like all this compounded grief at once and um it just it took a toll on my body and then my surgery didn't go so well and i had as we know i had a lot of pain from that surgery so that kind of added to my grief as well so it was a it was a little bit of a b c d and all the above and um over the years I've had to really learn how to handle my grief. Sometimes I didn't handle it so well, and sometimes I did, handled it better. But I'm at a stage now in my life where I think that the skills and the tools that I've learned through um, physical therapy, through counseling, through 
going to grief management groups. I think it all um, contributes to a better outcome mm -hmm. for, for those who are trying to manage grief. And um, yeah, so that kind of gives a little summary of what my background is with grief. Oh, and I did lose a very, very good friend um, back when I was in my 20s. Um, and without getting too much into detail, she was very young when I lost her, and that was a really hard, hard thing to lose, to lose her. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, when you were dealing with your because I know I went through a period just recently, you know, within the last year or so, maybe two years, where I had a bunch of people. My dad went in 2011, my mother went, I think, in 2019, just before COVID hit. And then, the COVID year, and then just, I think, this last year, it's all melting in a way now. I lost my brother, I lost some of my pets, I lost, you know, I lost an uncle, I lost a cousin, and it all came, like, Boom, 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 boom. I lost a couple of friends. And I, I had to take a step back from everything because it was just too much to deal with. Yeah, it can be for sure. And um, the thing I learned is that we're not islands. We need people. We need, you know, the right professionals sometimes. We need people that we can trust and count on. Um. I think it's a balancing act where you don't want to, you don't want to dump all your grief on one person or, or one friend or one spouse, mm -hmm. but you can get, you can get support. There's a lot of good, there are some good grief support groups that one can find if need be. Um, yeah, there's just combination of things there's no stigma if you need to get professional help um, none at all uh, family counseling can help um, individually individual counseling can help it just it depends everybody has a unique situation it depends mm -hmm. on their their basically what their needs are but I think it's going kind of within and realizing what do I need what do right, I need right. to heal and it's a process it's something that just doesn't go away like oh okay I'm healed it's, it's something that I think we all have to work on every day of our life dealing with grief effectively mm -hmm. yeah in a, in, a, in a healthy way and then of course right, right. Um, you know the basics that can help grief Get enough sleep, eat a healthy diet, get enough exercise, meditate. Um, of course, we all have to have that chocolate bar once in a while, right? <laughs> um, or the McDonald's or, you know, moderation is, is key, really. Um, don't drink too much. Don't, you know, all the, all the stuff that's bad for us. I'm not trying to be preachy, but a, a lot of this can also help with um, with the grieving process, helping somebody cope and have better coping mechanisms and strategies for for healing 
Um, um, when you, when you talk, talk about the process and finding, finding these places, places to, to go to, 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 you know, to talk know, to with talk people, people and stuff, and stuff. Uh, uh, are there are free places, places you can go? I mean, I mean, I've never really looked into it. Yeah, I'm sure there are. Um, and that's the thing you want to know if they're reputable. You can, you, a lot of times you can ask like a case manager, get a case manager or, mm -hmm. you know, call your county system, um, get recommendations. Um, I'm trying to think, I'm sure there's some numbers we could post at the end. Sure. sure. And of course, if your grief gets too bad, then you call the suicide hotline too. Mm -hmm. Um, but as far as like, just, you know, wanting to get that everyday support or weekly support or whatever support that you feel is the best, there are groups out there. I'm sure that you can Google them online and I would just research and mm -hmm. try to get good, get a good background of what the group is about and find out if they're reputable or not. Talk to people in the group if you can. Show up, and if it's not for you, then don't give up. Just go try another group. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you get to a place where you're fine, and and it's just a matter of um, managing it every day. I think also one thing that does help grief is when you wake up, you are grateful for what you do have in your life. It's so easy to be negative. I tend to go negative sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, so I try to make an effort to wake up and take inventory and thank and be very grateful for what I have. I think that helps too. Mm -hmm. So we were so talking about Maybe, Maybe talking about, talking the, about the, the, the stages, the stages of, grief. of grief. So, so let's, let's talk, talk about, about those, those a little bit. Little bit. Yeah. I don't have a mommy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. No, I know there's there's four stages of grief: denial, acceptance. Um, I had the list and I left it on the table. Um, <laughs> but you know, bargaining. Um, right. 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 Um, depression. Can you look them up real fast? I want right, to right, right, right. Yeah. Um, when um, we still to go through this, when somebody passes away, I mean, there is, there is a denial. There is a denial. We've definitely oh, denied, but the one that the stage that gets me that I didn't have any thoughts about because after taking care of my mother, um. I didn't have anything to regret afterwards because I, I, I did the best job I possibly could and I knew it, you know, after she passed. But I know there's a lot of that, you know, should have, would could have, stuff that people go through. Definitely. Here we go. Uh, denial, bargaining, depression. You're right. Anger. Anger. Acceptance. Acceptance. Yeah. Acceptance. Yeah. And also, um, it's not uncommon to bounce in between those emotions, mm -hmm. those stages. Like, 
one day you could feel really angry and the next day you're you're bargaining and then the next day you're kind of in denial you just don't want to get stuck in one category one stage mm -hmm. you it, it's a little bit of bouncing up and down but you know eventually you get there i think eventually it gets to a process of acceptance more acceptance but I don't I know if we totally ever accept it, but you know what I mean. Right. But I think for each individual person is different. You know, it takes, it could take, it could be a short time for some people. It could be a longer time for some people. And maybe years for some people, you know? But, I mean, like I said, you know, I've done it with my dogs where, you know, where I'm through the wood, where it should or could is, you know, that have really bothered me. But with my, with, my, with my mom and dad, I did everything I possibly could for them, so I didn't go through that. But I, did I go through anger a little bit? Yeah, there was some anger. Sure. Yeah, and then there's, you know, we we care for our parents with a. I I have mixed emotions about it, but I'm all for taking care of our parents. But then there has to be a, a, a respite too. Mm -hmm. A respite period where you have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself mm -hmm. um, as a caregiver um, when I did hospice care I I realized that it was really important to keep myself up to be the most effective nurse for my hospice patients like I had to make you know and and sometimes that's hard mm -hmm. but but in, in any 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 profession or any family or any situation, yeah, we just want to make sure we're trying to take care of ourselves first so we can help take care of our, our loved ones. And, you know, it's you know, not it's that, not easy, that easy, easy when you're when caregiving, you're caregiving for, somebody for somebody either because you're so, you're so connected, connected to the, to the person, person you're caregiving for, for that. that when you have, you to, have walk to walk away and take that break, it's really hard to do it. Oh yes, it, I, mean, I remember really point. when my sister would come, or I, I, I was Shannon, who was great, you know, two three days a week. Sometimes I was still in the house when she was taking care of my mom because I wanted to be there because I was so hands on with her. Absolutely. So it used to drive me crazy, but I mean, to have a respite is great, even if you have an hour of respite, because it can be very stressful. Yes. Yeah, I, I recently, well, my family, I wasn't alone. I was very lucky. I had a family, a whole family behind me when my father was going through that. We we lost him in 2019, and um, we had a really good team. It, it does help. And it's hard because, as you know, um, the alternative is, I'm kind of getting off the beaten track here but yeah, putting, yeah, putting patients in a it's home what it's what we do it's what we do the best right putting a patient in a home sometimes we don't have a choice right right and then with the cost of what homes what home care cost you know mm -hmm. it's exorbitant so a lot of times the family members are the ones that do the care and it doesn't have to just be an elderly family member it could be somebody with a a condition you know, MS, muscular dystrophy, uh, it runs a gamut, spinal bifida. And you know what, that has something to do with grief too, because as a caregiver, you grieve for yourself. 
you're grieving oh, for yourself. You're, you're grieving for the life that, that, that you have that you gave up because you're you're you're, you're having to you know, you're you're having to just dive in this this carrier giving. That's so true. I remember um, interviewing people that was physically working for a newspaper. And there'd be, be some person that, that was famous in town, right? You go, you go interview them. And I, was, I couldn't get over it because they always were relieved. I never understood that until after I took care of my, you know, my, my parents. But I used to think it was awful because, you know, you'd be talking to them and, and, and they'd be sitting there going, oh, yes, blah, 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 blah. You know, you know like, like I said, like it was a big relief. But after having taken care of my mom and dad, it is a really feeling. One of the first, and I think that's where the guilt comes from with grief, is that when you lose somebody you've been taking care of for so long, and that pressure's not there anymore to take care of them, it's a big relief for you. Definitely. And then the guilt starts. And then the guilt starts. Yeah, then the grieving and guilt And then you go through the stage of guilt. <laughs> yeah. What could I have done better to keep that person alive? What could I have done better to keep that person in better comfort? And yeah, that's that's typical too. And that's where a lot of times the counseling or the support yeah. helps to um, deal with those emotions. Or it's or the guilty, guilty feeling, feeling you get too, because, because you're feeling, you're feeling relieved. relieved. And that's, that's very human too. Yeah. 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 Oh, I've got oh, my, I've life, got my back. life back, you know, but yeah, then, but you, then start you start to look around and, and, you, and you've spent so much time with that person, dealing with that person, that you don't know how to function either. That's why you have to be careful. It can become an adjustment disorder, which, mm -hmm. or just adjustment, a period of adjustment. Now, like we said, we're not doctors or anything like that. I'm talking, I'm like Karen, I'm talking from experience and what I went through. You know, and, and how to come out of it in the grieving process. I still grieve. I mean, it's, my dad's been gone since 2011. I still think of him every day. I think of my mom every day. I think of my brother every day. Yeah. You know, I'm sick of it. It's so interesting you say that. I was up at my mom's house, and my sister and brother in law, and my niece came over, and Michael, and um, we were talking about my dad, and we, we just all started crying. We were like, yeah, it's still fresh. It's still, mm -hmm. even even if you lose somebody 20, 30 years ago, you can smell a scent or see a movie or or see a car. Something triggers that, that memory of that person. Mm -hmm. And it can cause a little bit of like a, oh, I miss that person. <laughs> or why didn't it work out? Or, you know, kind of that. And that's yeah, I, think, I, think, I think, like, like you, you say, say, I also I think, think there's... there's, there's Grief that's delayed as well. Like, I've said this before, but not, not, on, the, not on the show, where I didn't cry for my mother. I didn't cry for my father. I cried more for my dog. You know what I mean? But then later on, like you say, there's some trigger. And then I remember crying for my mother. It was within the last couple of years. You know, last year or two. Because it's just something, I threw myself so much into work. That I uh, that my emotions completely shut off and avoided all that. And all it took was a trigger. Yeah, and then you brought up a really good point, Charlotte, about everybody experiences 
grief differently. <laughs> so one family member experiences it a little differently than another family member. <laughs> and sometimes we just have to let that person go through the grieving process the way they choose to go through it, as long as they're not being destructive to themselves or others. <laughs> Do you think, though, so? I, mean, I mean, there has to be a point, point where, where, like you like say, you, say you, you, you want to willingly talk, talk with counselors, counselors or whatever, because, because grief can it also eat you alive. Can you repeat that? I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Well, I'm just saying, you know, at some point, like, 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 and as you go through the process, you know, there has to be a turning point to where you go talk to a counselor. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How do people have reach those turning points? That's a really good question. I'm not exactly sure how to answer that. I can mm -hmm. speak for myself. I don't know. Um, it would probably be good a good idea to get a licensed counselor yeah. <laughs> or, you know, somebody. But um, it's just, I mean, sometimes you, sometimes I know, I know a lot of people don't want to go to counseling, you know, don't want counseling. I was a mother person who I really got stuff, you know, but sometimes it just gets to a point where just talking to somebody outside of your family. Sometimes that's enough. It's a, it's an individual, individual thing. Yeah. yeah decision sometimes that's just enough that you you have somebody that um you can talk to in confidence and share your feelings with mm -hmm. and i think it's important like with me i didn't want to burden my family mm -hmm. i didn't want to burden all my friends so i kind of kept to myself a little bit more than i should have mm -hmm. but now i'm realizing it, it again in moderation you don't want to just you know be a, a vampire an energy vampire where you're just sucking the life force out of one person but you want to be able to feel that you can get outside of yourself mm -hmm. and relate with people um a little you know commiserate a little bit's fine and then hopefully find positive ways of how to deal with the grief. And that's mm -hmm. what I found what grief counseling did for me is that it helped me develop skills and ways where I could find positive ways to deal with my grief. Like, um, I'm a singer. I used to, you know, I used to play the guitar. I haven't played for years, but I, I love to sing. So that's one of my ways that I'll turn on YouTube and drive Michael crazy and sing. Mm -hmm. But that's one of my ways how I deal with my grief too. Um, I've learned to meditate a little bit better more. Um, animals, like my little, my little puppy here. <laughs> He's certainly been I remember they said, do you have a dog or a cat? And I'm allergic to cats. I said, well, we get a small dog where we live. So we went to SBCA and we adopted Jen Jen. And he's just been phenomenal. Um, just, he has. Animals can be very healing too. You know, I, I agree, agree with that because, because uh, 
Again, we're talking about grief, but we're also talking about emotions today. Like, as I was taking care of my mother, there were times when I would be really depressed. And I remember the feral cats in the backyard when they had their kittens. Oh, yes. That was more fun for me to go out there when I took my breaks, you know, when my mother was napping or whatever. And I would go out in the backyard and sit there and just watch the kittens play. Yes, they're so cute. You know, it was huge. It was huge for yeah. my sanity. So that helped a great deal. Even after my mother passed away, there was still a family back there, you know. And so I was watching them all the time, too, in two evenings. So it did help, you know. Like having a puppy that you can't touch, but still. <laughs> They're fun. But yeah, we're not, here to, we're not here to dictate how people should deal with grief. That's not, you know, we're just here to share our experiences with you guys because maybe you have a similar experience of what we've gone through over the, over the years of grief. And... This is just how I dealt with it, and this is how Karen dealt with hers. And, you know, it's not necessarily for you. You know, it could be something else for you. But I see there's a lot of grief support groups on, on Facebook, you know, out there. You know, I've been searching for those and stuff. And I know there's, like, like when my, my old dog died back in 2013, I remember I found a real cool group of, of, of people on Facebook. And it really, really helped me. Mm-hmm. So when you look back on the people that have passed away around you, which one affected you the most, do you think? Oh, my goodness. My sister. Okay. My sister. The uh, one we lost when she was 40 years old. Mm-hmm. She had... Um, I, I don't say her name because... Before she passed, she did not like social media. Sure, sure. And she asked me never to say her name on social media. So I call her my baby sister and mm-hmm. her honor. But she did have mental illness. She had schizo, or she had, she was bipolar and it went into schizoaffective disease. And unfortunately, when that happens, it's like the brain lies to the individual who Mm -hmm. has that condition so she did take her life um, in a very harsh way without getting too much into details it was very hard it was very hard on the family and something like that can really tear a family apart too our family we held together okay but it was it was tough Mm-hmm. And we're certainly not immune to that situation happening. It happens all over, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, less than all the time. But you know what you know what I'm saying. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, that would be the hard to answer your question. That was the hardest, hardest one to get through. But I know she's at peace now. I know she's it, at peace. It's like it's my, like mother, my used mother used to say, say yeah. with older, with senior, senior citizens and stuff, stuff even though we love them, them to pieces, it's our moms and dads, it's our grandfathers, grandfathers and grandfathers, grandmothers. grandmothers. It, it's, it's like, it's like you look at it as they, they, they lived their, their life. life. They had they their had life. life. They, had, they, they had a full life, and it's good for them to move on to wherever they're going to go. I think it hurts more when it's a younger person, like your sister. 
or my brother, or my cousin that I lost, or some of my friends. I just think that that's what that's what hurts more because because you always think about how much more they could have possibly had ahead of them. Yeah, and I I want to thank you for attending her funeral, Charlotte. That was eleven years ago. Can you believe it? That was a long time ago. I know, known you a long time. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyways, um, you're absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. Definitely. You know, just like I'm gonna bring this up, but I mean, this this whole ocean gate something. It's sad what happened, but the one I feel worse for is the 19 year old kid. Because he had his whole life ahead of him. You know, that's yeah, what I feel the worst for. And that's the thing, when you think about younger people passing away and stuff, that's what I think about right away is, you, you, what could have happened? What, what, what could that person have done in their life? Or what, what, what could they have experienced with that they can't even? Then we turn to a higher power. Mm -hmm. And I call God. But, um... There's, there's a reason for, I guess there is a reason for everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that our loved ones that pass, it's are actually probably harder for the ones on the other side than it is for the ones that have moved on, the beyond. Okay. Okay. But I think sense. also, do you ever sense, like, you sense your mom around you or your dad around you? I sense my I mother sense more than anybody. Do you? Yeah. 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 I sense a lot of my relatives around me at times. And sometimes I really feel my sister around me and sometimes I don't. Mm -hmm. It's, I think it can be comforting too, to talk to them. Right. Right. I agree, I agree with that. And again, for everybody, everybody it's different. different. I mean, some people some don't people sense anything. anything. You know, some, you know, people, some people have the belief that when you die, that's it. The light goes out, you're done. You're done. You know, there's, there's, there's no afterlife and stuff. But it just depends on, on, on your belief. But uh, well, even with those those beliefs, they can heal too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it does take a while. I mean, grief is something that you just don't. Wake up the Wake next up the day and go, oh, oh, okay, I'm good. Let's, let's, let's move on. on. Grief right. stays with you for a while. It hangs with you. You know, and also, as, as you get older, it makes you who you are. It does. It, it shapes the person you are. Definitely does. And grief is something, and loss. Grief and loss is something that just, it never goes away. I mean, we lose people throughout our lifetime. Right, right. We lose... Um jobs throughout our lifetime or mm -hmm. or finances or mm -hmm. um animals or pets mm -hmm. um so it, it's something that you learn i think you have a really good point as we get older sometimes we learn how to i don't want to say get used to it but we learn how to ex maybe there's a little bit faster i don't acceptance i don't know mm -hmm, if that's the right mm -hmm. word or not 
that's why, that's you, why know, you know, some parents, some parents will make sure their sure kids have dogs dog or, or cats for pets. Because it helps because prepare, prepare them for death. For death. Because oh, children, yeah. kids have kids to go have through to that with their animals. Yes. And so, and so, so, so they so learn so what they death, is, death is, and they, and they, and they learn how to, you know, how to grieve over their animals. So, the, it's, it's, it's like it's a preparation thing for them when, 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 when they're adults. Oh yeah. And I've read, you know, I've read, I've read articles where that's that's why people will get pets for their kids. Oh right, especially like those, um, those wonderful trained animals that go into hospitals. Yes. Yes. That sit with terminal kids mm -hmm. or the elderly, even Alzheimer's Alzheimer patients. Um, it's a it, it's amazing. Sometimes you see a person with Alzheimer's and they see a pet and or an animal and they just light up. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can give them some a moment of joy. Mm -hmm. I remember because um, we had the two Pekingese dogs and I remember my dad was coming to the end the last week or so of his life and they allowed me to bring the two dogs in to lay in bed with them and that was a huge help for him but again we're not doctors so we're just you know we're just out here just Rather than be talking about the grief we went through, because, I mean, Karen saw a lot of grief. I saw a lot of grief the past couple of years, and like I said, I had to take a break. I had to take a break from ghost hunting. I had to take a break from everything, because it just was too much for me. I think it, that year I lost, let's see, one, two, three. I lost, like, six people around me, plus a couple of my animals. I remember. So it was really, really tough. Really Sometimes you just have to recharge your batteries. Yeah. And yeah. that's being good to yourself and saying, um, like I said, I've learned not to, re you know, not to hide out mm -hmm. that I need to put myself out there. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I have to know when it's good for me to recharge my batteries, when I need to rest, mm -hmm. meditate through my pain, chronic pain. Mm -hmm. Um, or do my coping mechanisms, mm -hmm. um, light exercise, um, all the, all the stuff. Mm -hmm. And the other thing too, I think is finding joy in your life is so important. Absolutely. It can be, it's easier said than done sometimes, but finding joy Finding joy in one's life is very healing, whatever that may be. I think meditation played, like for me, it played a huge, a huge part. I remember when you were meditating, it really did help you. A yeah, lot. it really helped me. It helped me with my heart, it helped me with everything. You know, to do the meditation. And that was just 30 minutes every night. It was just to sit out back and meditate. I but do remember help. that. You you helped me a lot back then. That's kind of where I, I learned how to meditate was from from through you too. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That that woman that you had on. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
In fact, guys, uh, while we're talking about this, what I'm thinking of doing is, once I get a decent schedule again, is I will do a meditation every day, live. That's great. Some people can come meditate. But I think it really helps. The one place for me that I absolutely love is the ocean. Oh, I do too. Um, I I went to go visit my friend. We went to the Keys a few years ago, and it's beautiful there. But I love the Pacific Ocean. That's my favorite. Um, I grew up in the Bay Area, so you know we went to Santa Cruz quite a bit, and that's just. And then we moved out here, and it's pretty here. The Sierra Mountains are so beautiful, and um, so. We're, we're really lucky we live in California. We play, pay the price for it, but we have everything mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. The redwoods. So I guess my point is sometimes going into a setting that's very healing for that person can help too. Sometimes I can just sit on the sand and just watch the ocean. And it just calms me down. Another thing you know what's nice? Time, yeah, another thing that helps me on YouTube. Well, Michael has tinnitus really bad, so we have to always have the white noise in the background mm-hmm. when he sleeps. But for me, what helps me to calm down is like I'll put on 10 hours of whales. There you go. Or, or rain, mm-hmm. and sometimes even thunder lightning. <laughs> Just some, you know, background noise can help mm-hmm. too, ease and calm a person down. That or was going to mention that. And what I also want to mention was that you can get a VR set, real cheap. I know that I got it from someone for Christmas. And what you do is you you push your cell phone in there to to, to watch it and you can get it on youtube and you can actually find virtual reality um movies on youtube so if you want to go to the beach wow you can push your vr headset with your phone in there and the audio is and you're at the beach you're literally at the beach no matter what direction you look you're at the beach well that's a great that's a great alternative for people that are disabled that can't get out yeah yeah i know i was stuck I was stuck. You remember when I was in a wheelchair? Right. For a couple of years. And um, it was really hard for me to get out. So it is really cool. cool. You can go on YouTube. It's a great thing for people who are disabled. Or because people um, that just have a hard time. I think mine was sharper image. It, was, it wasn't like a real expensive VR headset because some of them are real expensive. Oh, really? You, you, you can pick one up for 20 bucks on you know, eBay or whatever. But as long as it pulls your cell phone, like my like iPhone 11, then you can go on YouTube and look for these VR things. And it's really cool. There's some really cool stuff. Like, one of the ones I had, too, that was pretty funny was diving with hammerhead sharks. Everywhere you look, you, you look around you, you look behind you, there's a shark coming up behind you. And yeah, that's no all way. VR. Yeah, that's that would cause me too much anxiety. I'm sorry. I have a friend. Um, she's, uh, she's a diver. And when I went to visit her, she showed me her, her videotape of when she dove with the sharks Mm -hmm. in the Caribbean. 
that did not relax me. <laughs> I, find, I found it fascinating, but diving with sharks. But like to each his own, like maybe somebody would oh, yeah, like oh, to yeah. go skydiving. Maybe that would be exhilarating for them. Maybe you're maybe in the museums. museums. I know the Smithsonian Museum has a VR tour. tour. That's yeah. free. Oh, that's cool. It, again, we're talking about like what releasing serotonin and dopamine levels. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that could be healing too. And that could be really healing. healing. I mean, to me, I agree with Karen. If I'm depressed, and I I can sit on the beach and watch the sunset. I'm good. I'm good. You know. Oh, me too. This is the way you could do it. I mean, like I said, these VR heads, the cheaper ones, don't cost that much. It's not like you have to buy the PlayStation kind or anything like that. These, you just simply buy these things, and it fits your phone, and you can. It's like 3D glasses, only it's for VR. And it's, it's pretty fun because they had a lot of roller coasters. They've got tours around the Grand Canyon. You can go everywhere. So it's very medicinal. Good stuff. Ginger, how are you? <laughs> He's jealous because mommy's talking on the talking. Aren't you? This is Mikey little healing dog. Say hi, Ginger. Ginger, what up? Say hi, Gypsy. <laughs> Buddy's in here, Jason. Hey, baby. Okay. Well, you right. had your time. But like I said, it's an inexpensive way for you. You know, like, like maybe you can't afford to go on vacation. Get one of these VR headsets and away you go. You know? That's true. Yeah. That's really true. That's a great alternative, huh? For a, a lot of people that can't do it the other way. Yeah. 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 So, so, I mean, that's an alternative. Maybe one day I'll do it on the show show, show you guys, because, because it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, you know? Definitely. And if you are going through grief, that might be a way for you to, you know, to kind of work your way through it, you know, if you don't want to, if you're, if you're, if you're too shy about going to talk to somebody. Or, um, artwork, reading, writing, mm -hmm. all those things. Yeah, yeah, things that make you happy and medicinal. Maybe you do woodworking. Oh, woodworking's a good one, too. Yeah. Just something with your hands. Right. You know, so. But, yeah, I found the VR thing to be very effective. My mother was using the VR headset for a while. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. She'd go on roller coasters. It was funny to watch her because she'd be sitting there and she'd. Be on a yeah, roller coaster, then she'd go like this. I can't see my mom doing that. <laughs> but she would. She if you got her one, she would get into it. That's neat. Just like, well, like that's cool that. because I mean that probably gave her a sense of fun and like she wasn't just stuck on the couch or no, no, yeah. And the beach, the beach ones, ones are so, so good. good. The water, the water even comes even up to your feet. Your feet. You know, you know the 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 the, uh, the white foam from the waves. Mm-hmm. The right, they're covering a few toes. It's really cool. The way they are. And there's so many of them available for free online. So that's another way to that's another way to kind of get your mind off things, you know. But grief is um, grief is just grief. I mean, it, it just it's different for everybody. And if, if you can, you have the opportunity to maybe see a counselor. 
that would help a good deal with it, I think. Definitely. You know, especially if you're having trouble with it and you just can't seem to shake it. I think that would be the best way, best way to go, actually, talking to somebody. Even, you know, even talking to somebody that understands grief, that's been through it before, is a huge help. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's that contact with somebody else. Because I've not. In fact, I just met somebody who joined the team who was taking care of her brother as a caregiver, and she and I had a great long talk. Because I have an experience with taking care of my mother, it's nice to talk to somebody else that has that, you know. So yeah. so, yeah. Anyhow, wow, that went fast, huh? That sure did. Oh, my goodness. And, Charlotte, I apologize. I am not technically advanced like you. <laughs> I don't know how to get the color right. I don't know how to do the the background, but we'll, I'm learning. We'll get there. We'll get, we'll get, get there. Some, we'll get you some headphones, yeah. too. So we don't have an echo. Right. We'll get you a headset. Okay, um, that sounds um, good. Tomorrow, tomorrow, look for me. Look for me. Okay. 12.30 p.m. Pacific. Pacific. Lisa Campion is going to be on. And she's going to be talking about energy vampires. So we'll be here at 12.30. And Karen and I have a bunch of stuff coming up. So we'll be on the lookout for that. You know, we're starting to get all that rolling now. So, yeah. But Karen, thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you for having me um, as a guest, Charlotte. I really appreciate okay, okay. it. I appreciate, I appreciate it. All right. You have a good you rest of your evening. evening. You too. Okay. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Okay. That was a fun talk. Uh, we had some audio stuff going on there, but uh, we'll fix it. We'll get that fixed. We'll get Karen rigged up with the proper headphones. You see, I got my little friend behind me over here. He was a gift from my good friend, uh, my good friend Pamela and Tim in Wisconsin. And so he's kind of like my mascot watching the show. I love Grogu. Everybody knows I love Grogu. Again, tomorrow, Lisa Campion is going to be with us at 12.30 p.m. Pacific, and we're going to be talking about energy vampires, so that'll, that should be an interesting show. And Karen and I are going to be doing some projects here. We're starting to roll with it, and uh, we wanted to run a test tonight with audio to see how, how things are going to work, because we're going to be doing TikToks together and working over at TikTok on, on some psychic readings over there. I'm going to do some tarot card work. Excuse me. I'm going to be doing some tarot card readings over on TikTok myself. And I'm going to get those rolling. And uh, we're going to, yeah, it's just going to be a good old time on TikTok. You know, we're going to be doing several different things over there, telling ghost stories and whatnot. So we're starting to build up for our TikTok audience and get that going. But as, as, as this goes, we are booked up for the week for the show. So we got some really cool guests coming up. Again, Lisa Campion is going to be on tomorrow talking about energy vampires. And then Thursday, we're going to be talking about the Canadian Bigfoot. So we're going to hear stories of of Sasquatch in Canada. So that's going to be on Thursday, and of course, Nancy's on Friday. So I'm glad you guys came in tonight, and I really appreciate it. And again, we're, Karen and I are not doctors by any means. We're not doctors. All we can do is talk from experience, you know, stuff we've gone through. And, uh, and, I, and I do hope you guys, anybody that's going through any, any type of grief, does, does, does get help, you know, and, and even if it's talking to somebody else about it, you may not even know the person you're talking to. Maybe I used to do it in the store. It was horrible because I was, I, you know, I, I never talked to anybody except in my house. So when I would go shopping, anybody that would talk to me, I'd be like, oh yeah, blah, 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 you know, just, just to, just to get that outlet to talk to somebody. So, um, you know, just talking to somebody, even over coffee with a friend helps, you know, but we want, you know, I, I, I want you to know that you're not alone. 
You're, you're not alone in your grief. Everybody goes through it. Everybody goes through it in, in different ways. Okay. Um, if it gets to the point, what I'll do tonight is I'll look up some stuff. I'll, I'll post some stuff that you guys can call suicide hotline and different places like that that you guys can call, you know, for for assistance or maybe count, you know, counseling or whatever. If you are have, if you happen to be going through real deep deep set grief, because I, I know people do that. Okay. All right. Well, that being said, uh, thank you all for coming tonight. And I'm looking forward to working with people, uh, you guys, if you, if you want to do the psychic development class. I'm looking forward to working with you. So check out the California Haunts Meetup for that and uh, sign up because I think those seats are going to go fast. And that will be, I believe, it's Saturday, August 5th at 6 p.m. Pacific. So we can get that going. Also, um, I just thought of something and I lost the thought. See, my mind is going a mile a minute today. Must have been the chocolate I, I, I ate before the show. But it was healthy. I had one of those oatmeal chocolate things. So it's good. Um, yeah, so I think I just forgot something. I can't remember. It was, it was right here. Ah, it's one of those days. Anyway, thank you, and I will see you guys at 12.30 p.m. Pacific tomorrow. Have a great evening, and uh, see ya.